So welcome, 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 so welcome to No Stupid, stupid Questions. Hello, no everybody. This week's up, folks? Welcome. It's for real. It's for real. With T-Leak like, and Jay. Rah, 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 like a dungeon drag. What's up? No, no <laughs> specific <laughs> order. I love No <laughs> Stupid <laughs> Questions show. Can we curse on this show? Do whatever it's we feel. Okay. Time is a question for today. No. Rah, rah, like All right. Stupid. So, question. <laughs> <laughs> What's the name of the show, Jay? No Stupid Questions. Jack. No stupid question. Welcome to this episode. Of <laughs> My first question is, who are you? No stupid question. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the No Stupid Question Show, the show where you have two smart people <laughs> and one stupid question, or so we thought. <laughs> So this is Jag, your host, and my co-host is here, T. Leak. How you doing, T. Leak? Hey, people. That means she's doing great. <laughs> and she also has our question for today. And that question uh, is. And the question is in honor of this uh, quite auspicious and historic occasion. Auspicious and historic. Yes, sir. I like yes, that. Sir. Yes, better than auspicious and not historic. Or, no, I'm mm. sorry. <laughs> then maybe I'm not doing okay. Better than auspicious. Better than not. Forget it. You know what I mean. I know what you mean. That is not and I tragic. think you'll be doing okay once we get into this. Can KBJ? Wait, what's our name? Do we have like Justice? I, I'm gonna call it Justice Jackson because that just sounds like a sister girl to me. JJ, I like JJ. I'm a, okay. Can JJ help transform? The Supreme Court, the U.S. Supreme Court. I'm going to have to go with yes for that. She can't help transform it, but it's going to be a long. Well, I just go with yes. <laughs> uh, I think that she can influence. I think transform is, as you started to say, a long haul so I think she can, you know, she can start the process. She can start and, the and process. Yeah, yeah. Tell me, tell me more about why you say yes, because maybe, maybe I'm, well, I'm, I'm on the fence on this one. But I, I know when I think transform, I'm. Well, first of all, she is fifty-ish, so hopefully she has a long reign on the Supreme Court. You know, the court is leaning in one direction right now, which I don't think is healthy for the court. And I think while leaning in that one direction, you know, pendulum swing, but it does take time for a pendulum to swing. So I think she can, you just say, can she help transform it? So I think she will help transform it eventually. Now, I don't know if that'll be in five years, 10 years or 20 years, but I think she will help transform it. I did say help transform. So given that, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta pull it back. I, it is it is not the job of one woman alone and no. I don't think it is the the it's not possible with one woman alone. So to transform it, but I think she can help. You are absolutely right with that. So I am going to answer yes as well. And of course I defer to your family of judges and attorneys <laughs> in terms of the history. But but you mentioned the the court leaning. Doesn't the court usually lean? Because it's a it's a an odd numbered it is an odd number i mean but historically you have had justices who you know were appointed by one party and their rulings have migrated over time 
to be more centrist or maybe even what you may think is aligned with a different party. But but this court in particular is is very conservative. It is, you know, and, it, and it's a lot gonna, of baby justices too, don't we? I mean, you know. well, so it, it is one of the youngest courts. I think it is the first time in 50 years that you don't have anyone over the age of 74 as a justice. And I think average age is one of the youngest courts in a very, very long time. So that I mean, so, so, you know, I think there's there's the two newest people in the court certainly have could move in a, in a certain direction. I, you know, I don't I don't know. I want to be optimistic that, that they, you know, they will mellow with with time and age. And but, you know, who knows? I, I don't want to mar this occasion, but we are talking about the trend, the, the court overall. And I got to talk about. The other Negro. Why, why, why do we, why do we need to talk about the other? I just want to understand. I actually want to understand more of your opinion about the, the, I I don't know. I I feel like people talk about it as a conspiracy um, and they talk about it kind of secretively. What is going on with, with his sort of conflict of interest and with the wife and the, and by the way, for those who don't, I'm talking about Clarence Thomas and his wife, Jenny, who is a, an extremely conservative and has been, I think, implicated in January 6th. Is that, is well, that accurate? Uh, what's, what's uh, apparently, apparently, she participated in email conversations about needing to overturn the election and even participated in email conversations that led up to the January 6th insurrection is what I think it was, which, which, you know, puts into question her character, definitely, uh, but also puts into question his rulings when they were trying to decide whether or not to turn over the emails or not. He was the only justice to vote against turning over the emails. And given the fact that the emails included his wife's emails, you know, you may think that was a conflict of interest. Maybe. So that that is the that is the controversy <laughs> that is surrounding you may, him. May, may you, you may. I mean, everyone doesn't. No, no, no. May you. I'm talking about May Jag. <laughs> do do I think it's a conflict of interest? If I were sitting in that position, I would have recused myself, knowing that my wife had participated in some of the subject matter of what they were ruling on. Okay. But right. you know, he made a decision different from that. And who is That's to perfect. Who is the question? One of the nine most, well, obviously one of the highest justices in the land. I mean, one of, he's on the Supreme Court. Who is to question? Did you just say that? I yeah. Who is the question? Who, who, who is the question? I mean, he's a lifetime appointment. He can be impeached. Is that not correct? He can be removed. Uh, and I guess impeached is the right right term yes he can but it's gonna take a <laughs> i was about to say an act of congress act of I, wasn't, I wasn't trying to be wasn't trying to be funny <laughs> well, but, it will definitely but, take an act of congress but it would definitely take an act of congress <laughs> and you know the political makeup of congress right now is just not going to happen well let me let me and i the reason why i brought that up and you know i i am so celebrating this victory in a lot of ways in terms of experience and skill and to be honest real 
Calm Under Fire by JJ. Justice Jackson, I like it. <laughs> I am one of the things I think about when I think about transforming it, excuse the pun, but the Supreme Court has been to some degree cloaked <laughs> in secrecy <laughs> in terms of, you know, how they operate and some of the things that are going on. Lord, my, now my mind is going off to that other, that um, crazy Congress person that said that the man in the wheelchair. Caldwell? Anyway, so there's a lot of things going on uh, underneath the uh, cloak. <laughs> and I, 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 I believe in her integrity and will be very interested to see if that can help transform. I guess that's where I'm going with that. Will she be able to be able to be willing to speak up you know, a lot of the, the institution of the court, just as you said, is so revered mm-hmm. that it it feels like it needs a shakeup in order to transform and it needs a big one. And I'm just wondering if one of those things is someone who is willing to really not just serve on the court and do kind of the responsibility of, you know, judgments, but also transform it. Okay. So, you know, it's interesting. You have four women justices. You have some very important women's rights cases coming before the court. It's going to be interesting to see how those four justices vote. I mean, if they vote along their political lines, you'll have one outcome. I just question whether or not they will always vote along their political lines. I guess I'm one of those people that believe. Let's just just review. Sotomayor. Yes. Who's the most senior? Sotomayor? Sotomayor. That's correct. Okay. And then Justice Kagan. Call me Barrett. Call me Barrett. And now we've got Brown Justice Jackson. Jackson. Correct. Okay. All right. So, and we've got Kagan and Barrett, Republican lines. And again, they're not supposed to be partisan, right? They're not supposed to be partisan. But they're not supposed to be. But you said if they vote along party lines, what correct? Parties were you, would you would you be putting them into? Uh, as you suggested, Trump brought on Amy Coney Barrett, so you assume she leans a certain way. But wow, did he bring on? Who did he bring on? Who Trump? Yes, it was Let's Barrett and Kavanaugh. Correct. No, it was three. President Obama nominated Elena Kagan. And Trump nominated Coney Barrett. Mm -hmm. So you would assume that Sotomayor and Kagan leaned in such a way that a Democratic president would nominate them. So So you have. okay, go ahead. So you have three women on the court nominated by Democratic presidents and you have one nominated by a Republican president. I just wonder how over time that Trump nominee is going to perform. It's it's going to be an interesting question because I've also thought that the aforementioned Justice Thomas would make us proud at the end of the day 
because once he got on the Supreme Court, I figured he had nothing else to front about other than being who I assumed he was, which was the descendants of slaves. And I thought he had leaned a certain way, but he has proved (laughs) he has proved and maybe has even moved further to the right than anyone thought he would could possibly be. So you never know. Okay, well, let's let let me come. Let's come back to our question, because I I agree with you in terms of it will be really interesting to see what happens, especially with these women's rights cases. But if we go back to our question about what do we think, because that's where I was headed with the 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 conversation about, you know, kind of blowing this this the 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 top off of and, and, you know, introducing more transparency, in all honesty, to that that branch of of government, this judicial, this highest judicial branch. Which is interesting um, you say that, but I'll come back to that in a second. Go ahead. Okay. Now you got me intrigued. Okay. So, but I guess I was just wondering, what do you think it will take to transform and what is it that JJ brings that will help that effort? Because that's where my question lies. Like what I said was it will take this sort of lifting the veil and it, it requires more than just, I'm going to be good at judging. I'm not sure. It, I'm not sure it requires. First, first of all, what veil? The, the Supreme Court is not supposed to have a veil. I mean, their, their opinions are public. They write about them. They write long treaties about why they decide the things that they decide. So, so what veil are you referring to? So, and maybe this is just my perception. It's very possible. But I feel like some of the, well, interestingly enough, I think that this year, I thought that it was stated that there was a record number of cases where they, what you just said is for the cases that they decide to hear. So that's one thing. They have to decide to hear it, right? Um, Or they have to decide to even allow it onto their, and then they don't have to have an actual trial, right? They can just make a judgment. Is that correct? Because there was, what was the one, what was the one where they decided that they did not have a dog in the fight? Um, I forgot there was a big, uh, you know, so many. Where they often decide not to hear cases. Yes. So that's one. We don't get a lot of information about that. They just say no. Right. Two is, which I, I guess maybe in the legal profession, you know what that means. But again, lay person that I am, there could be some more transparency and visibility to how is that decided? Two is when they do decide, they, my understanding is there are ones that they just do a vote and they, you know, I'm trying to think. There were, there were two examples of those. And my understanding was in this latest edition of the court, as it is now, there have been a number of those types of, of um, sort of nonverbal, nonverbose decisions. See, I thought that was very you not, rare. Do not know, you don't know what the hell I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of the examples that you're talking about because my appreciation is that except in very rare occasions, there is a oral argument in which each side is allowed 30 minutes to, you know, advocate for their position. Um, Now the Supreme court there, there's not, 
there's not witnesses and things that you would have at the lower courts because it, what the Supreme Court does is they review lower courts decisions. Right. You know, and they, they do read briefs and they do their their own research. That's why the, the clerks of the Supreme Court are so. Busy. So important and busy <laughs> uh, and highly coveted jobs. And once you come out of that job, you're you're assumed to be a very capable and legal expert. But I thought in most cases they did take arguments on on the issues. So I guess I'm I'm not familiar with the the what you're the case you're referring to. Now it doesn't doesn't mean they have to take up arguments, but uh, I think in most cases they do. But you're right. They can decide not to hear a case, and and obviously if they decide not to hear a case, there's there's not much to be learned from that other than that they didn't think it was an issue that they needed to take up. Yeah, so so I was just looking at the rules, and so four of the nine justices have to vote to accept a case. Mm-hmm. And, and there's an estimate here that they accept between 100 and 150 of the more than 7,000 cases. As a Stanford alum, I guess I look at it as, I mean, we kind of know why somebody might not have gotten accepted. <laughs> the 100 and 150 applications that got accepted out of 7,000, you know, applicants. But we don't really know. <laughs> and so for me, that's already a gate that, I mean, you know, yes, could they, pub- and, and maybe that's published somewhere. I don't, I don't know. But again, that's why I'm saying it, it would be. All I see in the news certainly is that it was, you know, typically the court hears cases that have been decided. So it does have a typical either in the appropriate U.S. Court of Appeals or the highest court in a given state. If the state court decided a constitutional issue. And then um, four of the nine justices have to vote to accept a case and five of the nine justices must vote in order to grant a stay. And under certain instances, one justice may grant a stay pending review by the entire court. So, yeah, I, I, you know, and maybe this is a fault of our, (laughs) our civic (laughs) education, but I do feel like there could be some more visibility to how the wheels of justice turn. I know we've talked on the show before about electing judges. And I feel like judges don't, and maybe this is a good thing, maybe it's a bad thing. They don't campaign like other people. But anyway, going back to the question. It depends on what state you're in, whether or not they campaign or not. Okay. Okay. Well, that's, you know, uh, but the U.S., the ones for the U.S., do they campaign? The ones for you, they don't campaign. They're they're typically vetted pretty good. I mean, because no one wants to. By the party that does the nominations. Okay. I mean, it's a, it, it is a highly political. It is a highly political. Anything process. right? So, that, so I think that captures what I'm trying to say. Anything that is highly political at this point could stand some transparency, more transparency. Mm-hmm. And definitely, That's the right. highest court in the land is an is an area where that could be the case. I mean, the hearings were all televised. You get you get to see you get to see everything that um transpired in that case. Yeah. In that, that in that, to, you, you and I both in that nominations process in corporate America know that it's not the meetings, it's the meetings behind the meeting. So let's just be clear on that. So, but that I all that, that all goes down to if people want to participate in the process, if people want to say in the process, they have to vote because what it all comes down to is 
who we elect in office. It doesn't start with the election for Senate, for example, because every senator in the in the in the U.S. Senate was some other elected official first. And they all started out probably as some small, not very many constituents, but in some small office where they got elected. So we need to be vigilant about each and every one of those. So do you think our Supreme Court needs transformation? Well, that's a good question. Some people say we should pack the court now since it seems to be heavily leaning in a direction different from what the, the White House would hope for. So some people say add three more justices to it and you then you can that? make it more even. What's that? What do you think about that? I'm not in favor of that, only because that really seems like changing the rules. Because if you do that, then the next person in office can add three more. And then the next person could add three more. It just seems like that's 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 out of bounds. I mean, for example, I do have to thank Mitch McConnell for Justice Jackson's appointment. I think he was instrumental in getting her appointed. And you may say why and how, since he did not vote for her. But while he was trying to get a Republican appointed under Donald Trump, they changed the rules from requiring 60 senators to a simple majority. And if you had if you needed 60 senators, Justice Jackson would not have got appointed this time. So I have to thank Mitch McConnell for that. You know, that's a rule change he instigated. Four plus years ago. And. You know, no one he was trying to do that to get a Republican justice at the time. But if not for that rule change, you would not have Justice Jackson today. We also wouldn't have had the other judges. And, and so I, 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 I agree with that in part. You know, and, and I, I do look at that as a as a. An example of what happens, what can happen with a rule change and hope that, you know, uh, Congress people look at that and the people in favor of, you know, packing the court, look at that and, and see that, you know, it's, the tide does change eventually. And so look at look at look at what you're doing and what effect it can have, the ripple effect that it can have. But, yeah, let's go back. So so does the Supreme Court need transforming? So you, you thanked Mitch McConnell. So another first for this show. But yeah, another first for this show. <laughs> You got to be you got to you got to be fair. Right. So I have to thank him for that. I, I told you it, it had other ramifications, too. So I, I don't know. It's balancing out. I guess that's that's the closest I can give it. Well, it probably hadn't balanced out yet, but maybe it will give it give a few more years. From my perspective, the court does need transform. From my perspective, the court has not upheld the Supreme Court has not upheld the ideals that this country was supposedly founded on. And, you know, I know that's, that's been a, a pipe dream for a lot of people for, since the beginning, since the day that the, the ideals were put to paper. But I think this particular Supreme Court has not upheld that. And I say that with specific eye towards the voting rights that have been not protected. And I think the Supreme Court has played a role in, in that. Mm. Okay. So from that standpoint, I do believe that the Supreme Court needs to be transformed. It needs to be transformed in such a way that it honors what America was supposed to be based on, built on. Which is? Supposed to be based on 
a representative government that responds to the will of the people. So protecting the core of democracy, which is the vote representative. Yes. The vote. Right. Okay. And so if you, you, so you said, yes, you think she can help transform. How, how do you think she can do that? By living a long time and, um, (laughs) and making sure she's there when these, these next couple of justices get replaced. But I also think there, there is, I guess I'm an internal optimist. I still believe in people doing the right thing. And maybe she has an opportunity to teach and sway some of her peers in the right direction. So what I'm hoping is she is extremely, uh, I already know she's extremely gifted. The show about it, like to hear it, we'll point you to it. Um, Here you go. She needs to hire the right clerks. She needs to be vigilant about her writing. And I think hopefully she can appeal to some of the other legal minds that are on the court with her and move all of their decisions to the middle a little bit. And do you think she is the right person to do that? I'm hoping she's the right person to do that. I mean, I haven't spent much time in a room with her, so I'm not, I can't be, I can't be definite, but everything I've heard thus far is, and, and what I saw in her Senate confirmations, I think she is very capable of doing that. Okay. What is it about her that makes you feel confident in that? Well, I think she has proven that she is calm under fire, that she is a reason thinker, and that even in the averse of mean and nastiness, that she can convey her point and be persuasive. And I think that's important in the role that she's in now. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. Definitely the, the, the calm under fire, um, that sort of cool demeanor, I think. As, as you and I both know, that kind of comes with the territory because you straddle this line of being the, you know, the angry black blank <laughs> and or, you know, for, from a woman's perspective, just, you know, an emotional. Um, so it's it's yeah, it is it is something that I think a lot of black upper level leadership executives in leadership positions have to learn to do. So I, I trust it and, and saw that she is um, is first in that area. Yeah, I, I think that, I don't know, maybe it's just a gut feeling. Maybe it's nothing that I could point to, the rules that need to be made more transparent or other, but I feel like there are some things that need to be aired out. And maybe it's the whole Clarence Thomas thing that's got me, you know, sort of Clarence, doubting Clarence. and, you know, thinking there's some CO conspiracy that we need to uncover. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I hope that. So what is uncovering the conspiracy going? Because I think you uncovered the conspiracy with. No, you know, it's, it's interesting because I think that, you know, what we're seeing with Trump is levels of criminality that maybe some people suspected, but that they weren't really known. Right. And it was it was a certain administration. So it didn't have anything to do with the executive branch per se. And I guess that's what I'm saying, exactly what you said, that, you know, this this court is not living up to the ideals. And there's a reason for that. And I don't think it's just personality. I'm going to say that. Maybe that's that's where 
my, you know, suspicions and, and desire for more transparency comes from is that I believe that there is something specifically potentially with this current generation of the court that needs to, a spotlight needs to be shown and we need to learn some lessons and take them under advisement. And it, it's not packing the court, but there may be some other kind of guardrails that we need to put in place to prevent the situation that we're in. And I think voting is one part of that. But I think there's some other, you know, I guess, forces at work that I just, I, I don't know, maybe it's a gut thing. And, you know, I, tr- I trust my gut. So that's, that's where, that's where I'm coming from. So can't help you is a gut thing. <laughs> <laughs> so where do we go from here? What do we hope for? I mean, I look like I'm, you're thinking about that. What do you think about what I just said? Need more time. Um, well, we only got a 40 minute well, show. <laughs> yeah, we're we gonna have to wrap this one up. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to ask me that on another show. I mean, it's All it's right. it's problematic. We're in a strange place in America right now where you know America, in my opinion, is not living up to what America claims it was based on. And you may say, when did it ever? And that's a very good question. <laughs> we're supposed to be, we're supposed to be improving, not not getting worse. And you know, I'm not saying today is worse than 300 years ago, but we're not where we should be. And you know, sometimes the effort doesn't seem to to be there to improve, and and that's what's disappointing. And you know, the court is not immune from that, unfortunately. You, know, you would hope the court could be. I mean, the whole reason for lifetime appointments it was because. You know, everyone knows that if you're trying to be a senator, you need to, you know, get votes. So therefore you yield to the will of the people, which can often be flaky. You know, you have people now running for Senate who tie their hitch to Donald Trump when 10 years ago they thought Donald Trump was crazy and they said it publicly. But because that's what they believe is the best way for them to get in office. But you always thought the court was immune from that. And you always thought that if you give somebody a lifetime appointment, they don't have to worry about being political anymore. They could just do the right thing. Doesn't seem to have panned out. And maybe we will get back to that. And I guess I'm hopeful that Justice Jackson will be a catalyst for other people. And maybe I'm speaking directly to Justice Barrett. But hopefully Justice Jackson would be a catalyst for people to just do the right thing. So, yeah, she's going to transform the court. I'm going to claim it here. I'm going to claim it now. Transform it. She's going to help transform it. She's going to help transform it. I made that distinction for me, so I'm going to ask you the same. She's going to help transform it. One person can't do it. All right. I agree with that. I genuinely have, have hope. I got my Yes, We Can posters back out. <laughs> okay. Now that is, that is. Um, well, y'all need to take care of business in, in, in Georgia first. No question about it. Her, <laughs> her appointment has, has really inspired me. Yeah. And it, it does give me sort of hope that things can improve in some of these areas that there has been, you know, some, some real concern. So I, I hope that, yeah, it will be the start of, of a transformation that will be for the good. Yeah, I feel like she is in the old mold that you talked about, which I think is good. And I, I do want to remind everyone of what we said earlier, which is that these judges come at those levels. It's politics. But before that, it's climbing the ladder 
with the electorate. And so you got to be present for those judge elections and, you know, find out as much as you can about their, their records to vote. For all elections. Why are you laughing? I don't know. <laughs> but you heard it here also. Thank you, Mitch McConnell, for extending the rule change to apply to yeah, nominees of the Supreme him, Court. I don't know. In I 2017. He didn't know what he was doing, but that's what Karma happens when. Is a B. There you go. <laughs> I think that's what this is. So, Mitch, yeah. I, all I have to say is I'm not saying thank you. I'm just saying in your face. No stupid questions, show. You can ask any question that you want or don't ask no stupid ass questions. <laughs> <laughs>